The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Hello, friends. So I'm going to tell you about the time when I broke into Papillon's death cell. Uh, If this sounds unbelievable, well, first thing I should say, when I say broke into, I mean as in like I shouldn't have been in there and it meant illegally entering, let's say, a, a compound in this prison. I don't mean like that, you know, I had to smash windows or that kind of thing. In fact, it's in the jungle in French Guiana and it's, it's a hundred years old now, the penal colony. So you can probably imagine there aren't any windows now. There certainly weren't any windows back then. Just iron bars. It's a fascinating place, right? So let me just tell you how I ended up in the jungle in South America anyway, right? I was in university. I sat there in my class, can we say it, my cohort, my my course, studying youth work. And we'd come back off our first summer leave, um, our first summer holiday period, right? What do they call it? No, semester's your term time, isn't it? Ah, doesn't matter. You know what I'm trying to say. So anyway, we sat there in, a, in in our in in our rows in the classroom and or the le- lecture lecture hall, I think you have to call them. And the tutor, the lecturer, said, "Right, guys, quickly, just going to go around um, and and you tell us what you what you did for your summer." And it went something like this: the first person says, "Oh, you know, um, we had barbecues." And then the second person is like, ah, oh, went to the beach with my husband. And then the the third person is like, I oh, took the kids on a day trip. Fourth person went up pub. Right, you get the point, okay? It's not an awful lot going on in Plymouth. Um, so I'm sat there. And I'm not judging people, folks. It's not, it's not about that. But I, I kind of chuckled to myself because I've had the same time off as these guys. You know, we've had six weeks or whatever that long, long holiday you get at uni. And I have flown to Florida to attend flight school where I trained for a month to get my pilot's license. The flight school then lent me an aeroplane so I could fly up the coast to a place called, uh, from Fort Pierce to Sebastian, 
where I underwent three weeks of skydiving training to get my skydiving license. So already on this holiday, I'm a qualified pilot for life. I'm a, I've done the AFF advanced freefall course. So I'm now a qualified skydiver. Um, got a few stories to tell there as well, actually. Um, I then flew, how was it? I, I then hired a car, drove to Miami. I hung out on Miami South Beach with these homeless Vietnam vets, which was a fascinating experience in itself. I was intending to go to all the big nightclubs, you know, like where Will Smith sings about. And, um, when I got there, I ended up just going to the, you know, the, what we call the off license in the UK, the, the beer shop, grabbing a few tins and, and sitting with these guys on the beach and just listen to their stories. And, and the one guy's telling me, yeah, when they, when they rack up all the, the, you know, the beach beds in the evening, the not deck chairs, but you know what I'm trying to say, the sun lounges. He said, we just pull, pull them out and we sleep on them. And, uh, he said, some of the restaurants are really good. They'll put all the food that they don't sell, like pizzerias and such. They'll just put it out the back for us at night, which I, I thought that was such a, you know, that's such a human thing to do, right? And these guys had no trouble surviving. So I've flown to my, Miami Beach. I then caught a plane. I'm looking at the map up here. I then caught a plane from Miami to El Salvador, full of bandits in El Salvador, guys coming out of the war, um, coming out of the, um, coming out of like the, the rebel wars and they're all wandering around. They got no jobs and they're off their head on crack and they all still carrying their military weapons. Quite a dangerous place to be. But I traveled around there because I, it was the one country in Central America that I'd never been to. And then I, got on a plane and I flew to um ah Mexico right Cancun waste of time seriously like I thought Cancun was some sort of I don't know tropical adventure hedonistic parent no it's it's like a just a crappy marketing place that American like rich Americans go and it, because it's just like being in America, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of c culture there, but you get what I'm trying to say. So I'm in Cancun. I met my, I think I flew there with my partner at the time and she had been working in El Salvador, uh, doing like voluntary work for, for her university course. She was going to be a social worker, an international social worker. And we flew from Cancun to Cuba. That's why we went to Cancun. It's one of the, you can't, you couldn't fly to Cuba back then from America. So, but you could from Mexico, obviously. So we went to Cancun, flew to Cuba, had an amazing time in Cuba. Um, that's again, another story. And then we flew back to Mexico and I got a flight down to South America. My girlfriend went home back to Sweden. I got a flight down to South America because the last four countries that I hadn't visited in the whole of the Americas. So we're talking from Alaska, 
Canada, USA, all of Central America, all of Mexico, Central America, all of South America, right? There were four countries I haven't visited because they're the most difficult to get to. And you've got to get like these small, um, almost like charter aircraft if you want to see them because they're so much in the jungle. And that is Colombia, Venezuela, Guyana, Suriname, and French Guiana. And I backpacked through them one at a time, right? Hopping on these little flights. When they found out I was a pilot, these little aircraft are so small. The pilot's like, hey, you can be my co-pilot, you know? Just, just, and they'd let me sit in the co-pilot seat and put the headphones on. I didn't know how to fly these. You know, I was trained on a single engine plane, right? These, these are twin propellers. So I'd have known how to fly them. That's not the problem. It's swapping the fuels from the different tanks and controlling the, controlling the, you can control the, the angle of the propellers. Anyway, so I end up French Guiana and it's amazing because you're in the jungle in South America. People are speaking French. And this French businesses, it's the place, if you watch my video, where I got kidnapped in the jungle by drug dealers. Um, I think the video is titled, I got kidnapped in the jungle by drug dealers. Sorry, I joke, but it's, it's a interesting old place, you know, and all these old colonial places or former colonies, very impoverished you know a lot of very poor black people in them basically native um natives that originally would have been slaves imported from africa and needless to say you've got to be on your toes it can be really dangerous so in french guiana did some really good stuff camped in the jungle quite a lot i went to hunt for this um I think I caught piranhas there because it's part of the Amazon basin, right? Um, I went hunting for this mysterious fish called the Iapa, I think it's called, up in the, up in the, uh, right deep in the jungle. But at one point, I'm going to go to the former French penal colony, right? Now, how do I know, even know about this? Well, when I was about 12, 13, there was a film that came out. The film might have been older, I, I'm not sure, but my mum went to see it at the cinema, right? And she came back, she's called Papillon. It's about this French guy, Henri Charrier, and back in the early part of the 20th century, so we're talking like 19, around 1910, this kind of time, uh, if you want to correct me, put something in the comments. Um, but what the French used to do is send their prisoners, their convicts, down to the penal colony in South America, which was in French Guiana. And you could get sent down there as Papillon claimed he was an innocent man. He was framed. I'm sure there were a lot of innocent people that were mistakenly found guilty and sent to this hideous place. It's a steaming hot jungle for a start. It's full of swamps, swimming with alligators. Um, 
It's surrounded by a hostile coastline full of malaria and mosquitoes. You try to escape by sea, you're going to get smashed in, in, in the surf. Um, there's not really anywhere to go. If you're going to turn right or go east, then you, then you're blocked by the Atlantic, right? If you want to creep up the coast to the west, then, well, your neighbors are Suriname, Guyana, Venezuela, not really hospital countries. And some of them had ex extradition laws. I believe to France anyway, so you, you wouldn't want to get caught and arrested there. And what they did is they, they built a camp called Camp de la Transportation, which is, um, the arrivals camp. So this is basically the transport camp where the convicts would get off the ship after their, what would that be? That would be probably a three month journey from France in stinking conditions on an old steamer ship where that guy next to you is a rape multiple rapist this guy's a mass murderer this guy's gonna fuck your fucking eyeballs if he can do, do you know what i'm saying is if he can get someone over on you and what they used to do is any valuables they had particularly money which obviously when you got down to south america if you were going to plan an escape attempt you needed money. You needed to be able to bribe either the guards or this strange array of people that lived there in the jungle. Now, some of them were prisoners that had served their time, but they either weren't allowed back to France because of their crime, or they, they'd been down there so long that they didn't want to go back to France because the jungle had become their home, you know, the, 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 this way of life down there become their their home i mean one ex-con stayed and i visited a church where he just painted hand painted little like talking little figures at a time over the whole church it was quite quite impressive and then you had these guys called the bretons which were uh, originally from france right but these guys had become like almost like feral jungle men that lived there in the jungle and very often they would they would uh turn prisoner escape prisoners over back over to the penal colony to get the reward money right you can find out more of this on wikipedia i'm sure and um then of course you had the local indians the indigenous indian community the 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 amazonians almost um so yeah, quite, and then you, you're going to have people like missionaries and spreading the word of Christ down there as well, right? So quite a strange, strange mix. And from this camp, this transportation camp, they would then be sent out either, well, they, they would be either sent to work camps somewhere on the mainland. So in the jungle, basically not nice. But a lot of people favoured the island islands, and there were three islands. There was um, Ilia. Ah, maybe it will come to me like Ilia Saint George. There were two two islands that weren't so bad, and there was one island called Devil's Island, which you've probably 
Ilya Royale was a, was another one. Uh, but the one that's most famous is Devil's Island. And you can't escape from here because it's a lot of it's high cliffs around. The sea there is swimming with sharks. And they used to throw so many dead prisoners in the water, the sharks would just get used to the taste and there'd be like a frenzy whenever a body went in the water. They actually built a swimming pool on one of these islands. Um, and the prisoners had built this swimming pool up. It wasn't for the prisoners, it was for the guards and their families. And the wall, the seawall was to protect them from the sharks, right? One of the kind of stories, Papillon, Henri Charrière, right? Papillon. Papillon means butterfly, as I'm sure many of you know. He had it tattooed on his chest. It was like his kind of moniker, I guess you'd say. And one of the stories Papillon tells is how he was in solitary confinement. And the guy reckons he was in there like one period, eight years in a black cell being fed uh, gruel every day. Not even a bit of bread, but just gruel and getting smuggled in a coconut by one of the, one of the guards, right? And he's having a, a break. They're transferring him from one cell to the other one day or some such thing. And he sees one of the uh, guards' children in this swimming pool and they're going to get attacked by a shark and how he dives in and saves this kid. I might have this a bit wrong, guys, but, but it's something like that. And how when the, the prison warden, you know, gets to hear of it, he pardons Papillon from his solitary confinement. The reason it doesn't really matter what I'm saying is it's all bullshit anyway, right? Papillon never went out to the islands. He's just written a very clever book, Papillon. Um, and in it, he just details a lot of escape stories that he must have heard from other prisoners. And I tell you for why is when you're down there in this transport camp, there's a little bit of a museum and there's quite, there's a sort of one section dedicated to the legend of Papillon. And it does say there, Papillon never got sent to the islands. He arrived at the transportation camp. He was there about three weeks and he managed to bribe someone and get out and he escaped back to France. Um, in his book, Banco, he says he went to Venezuela. So maybe, maybe he did. Um, I guess we're never going to know, right? Um, so yeah, so I'm down there and I've got to go and see these places, right? I, I can't quite believe it. So in Cayenne or just outside Cayenne, you can go to the transport camp. Now I just, leapfrog forward and say that I went out to the islands. I booked a place on a yacht, like a small, like sailing yacht, you know, and the guy just chugged us out there using the motor. And to see all these places from the book Papillon, it's like a dream come true. And this is going back to what I'm saying about setting your goals and setting your dreams. Never, there's something you want to do in the world, world or there's something that impresses you or there's something that takes you fat. Never think that you might not end up doing it. Keep it up there. Keep it on the back burner. Never think, oh, that never happened to me. Because if you think that, no, it won't. Universal law, what you put out, you get back. If you put out these vibes, you'll get it returned, right? That's my experience anyway. And so I'm down there and I'm just fascinated. I cannot believe I'm there 
you go into the jungle and you see these old buildings where they would have locked up the prisoners and the shackles. They used to shackle them to a bar every night. The bar just ran through these kind of a system of hoops and they would just then lie on wooden boards. There's no like mattresses or whatever, you know, and it's just incredible to see. And of course, the jungle's reclaiming all this old stonework now, but you still see Camp Villa Transportation written there. And you, on the islands, you see, you know, Detention, which would have been, okay, my French isn't, it's almost non-existent, but I'm trying to say would have been like, you know, um, solitary confinement or something, you know. Absolutely fascinating. And to see Devil's Island itself, it was also the home of, some of France's most um, infamous political prisoners, right? Uh, and just to see it and to see the sharks swimming in the water brings the story home, right? And if you know how Papillon ends the book, he jumps on a bag of coconuts. He finally, after all these escape attempts, he's an old man, you know, he's getting old, his teeth are all falling out because he's been so abused. And he jumps on this bag of coconuts and he floats. He floats across to the mainland. Okay. And you could see, you can physically see the route where that, where he would have taken had he not been full of bullshit. <laughs> right. So, um, so that's it. That's Devil's Island. Fascinating. Ilya Royale in Ilya St. Joseph. Sorry. That's what it's called. I did say it would come to me. Anyway. I'm in Cayenne, which is the capital of French Guiana. And I learn that you can go and see this transport camp. And you go there and you can still see, or you could, the old pier where the steamship would have chugged in, full of these, you know, knife-wielding guys. Did I say, sorry, the thing about the money is they'd wrap it up, they'd roll it up as small as they could get it, and this became a skill in itself, and they would insert it into what they called a charger. Then they called it a la plonge, as in like the plunge plunger, right? I might might be wrong on that. And they would put anything of value they could fit in this little steel tube that screwed together, a bit like a fountain pen, but it but it was a made of steel, and you could buy these off prisoners. And they would shove them up their backside, right, to keep their valuables from being stolen or being found by the guards. But, of course, many a prisoner was killed because the other prisoners knew they had money. And they would just plunge their hand, cut their stomach open, plunge their hand into their guts, and they would pull out, pull out this charger, right? Not a nice way to go. So... When I learned that you can go to this camp, of course, I went and I, I did this uh, like a day trip, right? And I saw the bit of the museum and I saw this photograph of Papillon's name. I thought maybe that was like years and years ago. That can't be here anymore. You know, what a shame. Wouldn't it be great to see that? And I, there was a tour you could pay. But all my traveling, I've done cheap as chips. Honestly, if you average out what I've spent traveling, it comes to less than five bucks a day. So three pounds in English. So I've always like take, take my backpack. I take my, a tent, camping stove, 
buy all my food from the market and I will just travel really cheap. Um, so what am I saying? So yeah, so I didn't pay for this tour. I didn't really know what it entailed, but I didn't pay. What I did go and see was the old accommodation blocks. And I go in there expecting maybe there's going to be more shackles and you know, this kind of thing. No. Full up to the top. Well, let's say you had to wade through at times two feet deep of crack pipes. Yeah. Um, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. All right. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, seriously, crack pipes all made out of tin cans and various tube arrangements and bag arrangements. I might tell you my experience of smoking crack in South America later because that was, uh, you know, I wouldn't recommend anyone else does it, but that is quite an experience. It's incredibly cheap. Anyway, so I'm in these accommodation blocks and they're basically, they're crack houses now. They're just turned into, People will go there. The crack problem is so rife in South America. They'll go there. They'll quickly knock up a, a pipe out of a drinks can and some plastic and whatever and <laughs> smoke their rock, ditch the can and then leave. And these old houses now are just full up with these cans. So that was an eye opener. Anyway, that evening, I'm parked somewhere near this transportation camp. I can't remember what I'm doing, but um, a guy beckons me over and he's like a white guy. And so you automatically think, oh, he must be English, you know, or, or European. Here's a fascinating thing when I've been traveling, like in Mozambique as well, former Portuguese colony. You get these really strange characters that are european descendants but they've like gone what's that thing when you go rogue in the jungles you're not you know they've gone like a bit native so i don't mean this you know in disrespectfully or racist rate racistically but i mean they've become like the locals more than they are european if you if you see what i'm saying so this guy he's like so i went over and i said bonjour this is uh, Avevoon's cigarette. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I gave him, I think I had some rollies or something. You know, I gave him this, this smoke. And it was just fascinating to meet this guy. You know, he's he's like a local. So he's like the kind of black population, like the former slaves, right? But he's European and it's just, just, it's just weird anyway. So I said to him, he said... Uh, in, in you know, in my broken French, I'm, I'm Gavin. He said, "Have you been in there?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went in earlier." And I said, "This uh, Papillon, his, his name, he chiselled it in his death cell, like he was in a death cell, which, which the death cells, um, they're they're all in a row, but I didn't see them when I was in this camp, right? Maybe it's because I didn't go on this tour." And he said to me. Yeah, may we? And I said, in there, his name is in there. He's like, yeah. I said, can you show me? He's like, yeah, come, come. So we 
went in the part of the camp that was open all day long and all night there was like you could push the gate open or something right and then he points at this gate and it's locked and he said tor tor i'm like ah the tour would have taken me in there right no i get it now i get it right he's like so i followed him he picked up this plank of wood old rotting plank and he laid it up against the wall so he's obviously done this before and we almost like kind of monkey climbed up this up this bit of wood got a hand over the wall and just then pulled ourselves up and we dropped down into this courtyard and it's these death cells all in a big semicircle and right in the middle he walks over and he points to this circle of bricks and concrete in the middle of these these death cells and he's like huh and i'd read about this the prisoners all used to be brought out of their cells and they'd have to watch as they had their head you know anyone who'd committed a crime like trying to escape too many times or whatever they'd have their head chopped off with a guillotine so that was quite uh an eye-opener and then he went come, come, come. so i'm following this guy and he went into one of these cells pulled open like the old wooden door which was almost like rotted through and he's like yeah. in the cell and it's tiny it's about the size of of um like your downstairs toilet in your house you know you you yeah your downstairs toilet it's it's just small and on one side of this tiny little brick room are two stanchions coming out of the wall. I don't know if stanchions the right word. Two, two brackets, basically this shape, up, like upside down L shape coming out of the wall. And immediately you can see that's where the bed, the wood for the bed would have been, but it's obviously long rotted away. He pointed to the middle of these two metal bars coming out the wall, and lo and behold, Papillon been chiseled in the floor between them. Now this might not sound much, but to some like me, like I saw the film, the movie that my mum went on about, and it's an amazing film. This is the first Papillon. They've just brought out the film a second time, right? I read his books, and of course I didn't know back then, back when I grew up, we were all naive. People are still naive now, right? Back then we were we just believe any shit we're told, you know? Whatever. Man landed on the moon. Cool! You know, Lee Harvey Oswald shot the president. Wow! Um, yeah. Meat makes you strong. Yeah! Anyway, I'm, I'm joking a bit, but... <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, we just... If someone brought out a memoir like Papillon, you just believe it, because you didn't know that people lie and that everyone's out to make of you and that one of the things I'm always saying the whole world is a lie and until you see it you, you you can you never reach enlightenment right so anyway um to see his name carved there in the floor when I'd made this kind of mental note years ago like as a teenager and 
I was a bit older when I read his book, but, you know, one day I'm going to go to Devil's Island. I'm going to see where Papillon was and da 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 da. And it's like, because I've kept that dream alive, I'm there now. And something so simple that I reckon a, a, a lot of tourists would just go, oh, well, yeah, so Papillon's name, so what? Or maybe take a photo, you know, and then just move on and forget about This was just such a, a you know, a, a huge thing for me. And, uh, yeah. So that is the story of how I broke into Papillon's death cell. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username Chris Thrall. Instagram Chris.Thrall. Thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.